Welcome to Word of Life Podcast. We believe in loving God, loving people, and changing lives. For more information about Word of Life and how you can connect and be a part of it, please visit wordoflifechristian.org. But if you'll go with me to Ephesians 5, I'll be very quickly. I won't get into everything um, today, but I will just give you a few scriptures and uh, and then we will dismiss. The Lord's already done so much in this house thus far. And um, never underestimate those moments of encounter and worship. As I stood over there in worship this morning, and just the Lord, I began to break because the Lord spoke something to me very significant, very important that I needed. And... I encourage you often, and I want to encourage you in this moment, take times to hear from God. Take times to hear what he has to say. But Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1, uh, it's a, becoming a favorite scripture of mine, and it says this, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ, He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. I want to remind you that imitate means to be like, to do the same things as, to have the same mannerisms as. And and oftentimes, you know, when it comes to Father's Day and and these moments, we, we, we have pointed messages to a specific person or a specific group of people and You know, I I believe as the Lord led, we've ministered to fathers today, but I believe in this capacity, this is not just for fathers. This is for every one of us. And understanding that if I'm going to imitate something or someone, I have to have knowledge of that person or thing that I'm going to imitate. I have to have knowledge of who they are and what they do and how they operate. I have to have knowledge of what's going on and Oftentimes, when you think about fathers or, or mothers and, and children, they will imitate what they see in the home. And that's why we say that you shouldn't just say it, you should do it, right? Uh, and let, let it not just be filled with words, but put action to your words. Because with no action, you will not see any fruit. Words will only do so much. Words with action. Faith without works is dead. Our words will express faith, but our actions will solidify the faith. And you must understand something that we're living in a time like none other. You hear me say it often, and and you don't even have to take my word for it. You just have to look around you. The reports, the phone calls, the social media, the newspaper, uh, the, the, the news at work, you know, all these things, life is shifting and changing at a very fast pace. And if you look at where we are now versus where we were 10 years ago, and you can only imagine where the next 10 years will take us. But the body of Christ, the sons and daughters of the king, we must understand that in our imitating God, in our resent, in our in our exercising our right as a son and daughter to to resemble our heavenly father it's not just so people can know that you're a christian it's not just so that people will know oh you must be saved it's so that people will see that that as a christian as a son and daughter of the king that that there is something different that life has to offer but that life cannot be different without the lord as the focus 
I was on the freeway yesterday coming back from Flagstaff. I had the opportunity to perform a wedding over there. So Desiree and I and the two youngest ones got up in the morning and drove over and performed the wedding and was headed back. And there was an accident on the freeway. I could see it, you know, maybe a quarter, third of a mile down the road. And um, traffic's just stopped. All these ambulances and cars are going by. And I'm like, oh, no, Lord, I hope nobody, nobody's hurt, things like that. And, um, but then... As we sat there, more came by, and I could get out and see that there was a truck laying across the freeway, and we're not moving, and I'm like, oh, Lord, and we're in our van, and I'm thinking, I can't even cut through this big, wide divide, because if you've ever been in Flagstaff, it's not like just a median, like it's, it's like a forest in between the highways, and I'm like getting out there, and, they, and this other guy gets out of his truck, and we start talking, and he's like, oh, I think you can make it if you do this and this and this, and part of me wanted to say, yeah, let's do it. And then reasoning and wisdom kicked in and said, don't be dumb, Michael. Just stay right where you're at. It won't take long. But as we're standing there talking in just general conversation, begin to find out who this man is. And he begins to share just some of his story and God's faithfulness in his life. And I was just so thankful. Here I am in the middle of a freeway, shut down for one thing, but God in that moment allowed this man who didn't know me and I didn't know him to begin to talk about how God was blessing him. And as we deepened our conversation, we began to find out more about each other. But he made a statement. He said, I don't have anything without God. And I thought about, here I am frustrated. I'm losing time. I'm trying to get home. It's going to already be late. And now I'm losing more time. And I had to take a step back in that moment because that encounter was a moment that he needed and I needed. It was a moment where God was speaking to the both of us through our conversation, reminding us of his faithfulness and his goodness. But had we not been willing to talk about the very one that we say we love, how would that conversation, if we're scared to imitate God in every situation because God is love, right? That's what the Bible says. When we, when we look at 1 John 4, 16, it says what? We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love because God is love. And all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. So everywhere you're going, I, I said I'll say this, everywhere you're at is an opportunity to show God's love. To imitate the Father in your words, your thoughts, and your actions. Every opportunity, and, and, and again, our lives, when we give up our own way, it's not just for us. Today, when you leave here today, you may meet somebody that you've never met before. Maybe you're going to a family function and a family member will be there and you haven't seen them in years or months or weeks. And maybe something significant has happened in their life and maybe they're going through a storm or, or maybe something else is happening and they need you to be who God has called you to be in that moment and imitate the Father in love and mercy, grace, peace, forgiveness, restoration. They need you to speak positive according to the word of God and not negative according to the nature of flesh. When we imitate God in what we do, what we are saying is that he is so great that he deserves it. You don't imitate things. Let me say this. Children don't imitate their parents unless they love them and desire to be like them. 
Right? Maybe some of you are, if you've ever been uh, a certain type of work, construction worker, police officer, city worker, county worker, uh, whatever you do, but have you ever been home and something that you do, your kids are doing, and they're imitating what you're doing. They're imitating who you are. Why? Because they look up to you. Because they care about you. Because they think, when they're little, they think you're cool. When they become teenagers, they think you're annoying. Not all, but there's a good portion. And then when they become young adults, you're just, you're out of touch. Oftentimes in our life, we forget that our love for God should show not just when nobody's around, but show when everybody's around. Why? Because it's the love of God that changes us. It's the love of God that, that corrects us. It's the love of God that encourages us. It's the love of God that teaches and trains us. It's the love of God that paid a price for us. David wrote this psalm in, in Psalm 103. It's called a Psalm of David. But he begins to talk about who the father is in this moment. And I'll skip through some of these verses for time's sake. You should read the entire chapter when you have a moment. But in Psalms 103 and verse 1, he says, Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. When you see people running and shouting and dancing and twirling and screaming, they're remembering all the good things that he's done for them. But in their remembrance, you should take encouragement because the Bible says he has no favorites and he never changes. And if he did it for one, he'll do it for another. And so the thing that you desire, stop desiring it and start submitting to the Lord and running after him and allow him to work in and through your life, then you don't just have to desire it, you can experience it. We can say we desire things, but the old saying, the proof of desires and pursuit, if you desire change, then pursue it. If you desire better marriage, better marriage, then pursue it. If you desire a better relationship with your children, then pursue it. If you desire a better worker career, then pursue it. If you desire for something to be different, then pursue it. If you desire to hear the voice of the Lord, then pursue Him. His Word. See, we, as a body, we must understand that... that we learn and we glean from, we take note from, we take heart from, understanding from those that have gone before us. And oftentimes, that's why you hear us reference uh, my father, Pastor Forbes, because he's gone before us. He laid a foundation, a legacy. But now God is entrusting us to lay a foundation and a legacy as he tarries for each other and for years and generations to come. Now, I know many of us are ready for him to come. Let's go. But some are not. And if we are going to imitate God, then we must also be reminded that 
Uh, he doesn't want any to perish. Second, or Second Peter 3.9 says this, he doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. If I'm going to imitate God, I'm not going to throw people away. I'm not going to dispel people. I'm not going to say it's just about me. If I'm going to imitate God, my very being changes because I no longer live a, a, a life that is centered and focused on me. I now live a life centered and focused on others. I now live a life that says I care more about you than I do me. I now imitate the Father in saying that I want for you what I have and more. The way that I've experienced God, I want you to experience him and more. The way that I have encountered God, I want you to encounter him and more. The forgiveness I've received from the Father, I want you to receive it and more. God is a God of more. He's a God of overflow. He's a God that generously supplies our needs. And when we hear that, we often just think about natural needs, money and, and food. And, but there are some spiritual needs that are greater than your natural needs. There, there are some mindsets that need change. There's some hearts that need changed. There's some, there's some generational baggage that needs let go of. There's some unforgiveness that needs released. It goes on to say in verse 3, He, talking about the Lord, forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the evil. Jump down to verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far as, from the, as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. I don't want you to turn there. You write this down because I'm going to go back to this in just a moment. 1 Corinthians 8, 6. But for us there is one God, the Father, by whom all things were created and for whom we live. And there is one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things were created and through him we live. Ephesians 4, 5, and 6. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. I want you to go back for a moment. Psalms 103 and verse 11, for his unfailing Lord, love towards those who fear him, for those who honor him, for those who reverence him, for those who accept him, for those who surrender to him, for those who trust him, not for those who are worried about him striking them dead, lightning, but we're not talking about a false god Zeus. We're talking about Alpha and Omega beginning and end, the true and living God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And if we're going to imitate him, then we have to understand he forgives, he redeems, he fills my life. He is compassionate and merciful. He is slow to get angry. He is filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us. He will not remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. 
He has removed our sins. If I'm going to imitate God, then those things are evident in my life. Do unto others as you would have them do, Matthew 7, 12, right? I want to charge you and challenge you today that when you leave here, not just today, because oftentimes when we're in a service and we experience God, he speaks to us, things happen, things are going, we can be very charged up, we can be very excited, and then in a moment of minutes or hours, days, forget everything that just took place. I want to charge you today as you leave because I don't have the time to get into everything. I want to charge you today to begin to ask yourself daily, is my life imitating God? Is my life showing the love of God? Is my life fulfilling the thing that he needs me to do in this earth? Why? So that people will turn their hearts towards him. If I ask you how many of you know somebody that don't know Jesus, I would imagine every one of your hands would go up. If I were to ask you, do you have family that don't know Jesus? The other hand would probably go up. My question is, is if you know that they don't know Jesus and you do, what's holding you back from loving them in a way that they can experience him through you and then desire to be in fellowship with him on their own? Think about that for a moment. Is what your family, your friends, your co-workers, city sees, is it God or is it you? Is it the spirit, the new creation in Christ Jesus? Or is it still the flesh? Is it verbally I love God and is it action-wise I don't really know who he is? Stand with me today. I want you and I often say this from the pulpit because I need you to understand something. That until you self-reflect on your life, you will not allow the Lord to work on you the way he wants to. What are you saying, Pastor Michael? Until you are real with who you are and where you're at, you will not allow the Lord to prune, shape, mold, lead, and guide you. As you're standing, 1 Corinthians 13, it's the love chapter. It's often shared about the agape kind of love that God is. But it says love is patient and kind. So that means God is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. God is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way, is not irritable, and keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. Love will last forever. God is all of these things, and he will last forever. And our spirit will spend eternity forever somewhere. And the people you're about to go eat dinner with, theirs will too. And the people you're about to have a picnic with, theirs will too. And the ones you're going to go fishing with, those will too. And the ones that you don't like to be around, them too. The ones that get underneath your skin, them too. The ones that when you hear their voice, you begin to cringe, them too. If we are going to imitate God... We're going to stop judging and tearing down and 
holding somebody else to a standard that you don't want to be held to. If God is merciful, merciful and compassionate, then we should be merciful and compassionate. If God is love, we should be love. If, if I encounter Chris on a daily basis, I say, man, I love Jesus, and then all I do is tear my wife down, chewing his ear off, I don't really love Jesus. If every time I encounter Chris, he says he loves Jesus, and I, and I let him chew my ear off, tearing his wife down, then I don't love Jesus. Now, I'm not saying Chris is doing that, but I'm trying to prove a point to you today. What we permit and tolerate, we participate in. I was in the Shiprock Hospital the other day. I was praying for someone, and there was somebody that we know was in the other room, right next door. And their mother-in-law was there. I didn't ever remember meeting the mother-in-law. She'd been here a few times throughout the time of the ministry. But I just felt compelled to go in and pray for her. She was at a point in life where she was ready to go home to be with the Lord. If you've ever walked into a room with somebody that says, I'm ready to go home to be with the Lord, it could be weighty. Even when you know they know the Lord because you know the grief and the hurt that others are experiencing and feeling in that moment. So I prayed for her and I left. And I got news yesterday evening as we were on our way back that she transitioned home with the Lord. That's exciting for her, and yet it leaves a void for some others. But I had one of the greatest compliments I could ever receive. The family said she felt so much peace when you came in the room and she wants you to do her homegoing service. Now, why am I saying that? I'm not saying that because I want you to look at Michael. I want you to say that because who's waiting for you to imitate him in their life so that they can encounter his peace, not yours, his mercy, not yours, his forgiveness, not yours, his grace. I believe that every one of us in here, everyone online, God is working on us. I know he's working on me. Let me say that. He's changed my mindset and perspective on a lot of things over the last year and a half. Really, I'd say two and a half years since right before my father went home and brother and my aunt. I have a new perspective on some things that I didn't have until I encountered some dark moments. Close your eyes with me. It's about to dismiss. I'll make this statement as a reminder. You cannot imitate or be like something or someone that you don't know. You cannot give what you have not received. And oftentimes we're looking for things in life 
And we're trying to find it in people. And what we find is disappointment. What we find is discouragement. Frustration. Challenges. Because anywhere there's people, there's an opportunity to miss the mark. But the thing that you and I need to be able to imitate God is to make sure that He is the center of our life. To make sure that He is the focus. Anybody can say I'm a Christian. But does somebody else say you're a Christian without you ever telling them? Does somebody else say, man, those... That's the most loving person I've ever been around. I used to say that about my father often. He's so loving, so encouraging. Smile would light up a room. His voice so boisterous and loud would change the atmosphere. But it wasn't because of him. It was because of God in him. And that same God... Our Heavenly Father, He's still here. And He wants to do the same thing in and through your life and my life. He's just waiting on you. I know it's Father's Day. The greatest gift you can ever give the Father of all, our Heavenly Father, is you your time, your talents that He gave you, He created you, is to give that back to Him. And this afternoon, I would be remiss if I didn't give you the opportunity to walk out of here with some peace and assurance in your life. forgiven your sins as far as the east is from the west but not until you are drawn to repentance ask for forgiveness he paid the price for your sins but the way you receive and exercise that payment is by believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus died and rose again and that's how salvation takes place it's a really simple process we overcomplicate it way too often so with every head bowed and every eye closed, online, right there in your home, same way, no distractions. If you say, Pastor Michael, I know that God's calling me. He's tugging on my heart today. I know that I want to imitate him and be who he's called me to be. And I don't want to carry this baggage of burdens and lies and hurt and anger and resentment and frustration and all the just mess that life brings I don't want to carry it anymore it's destroying me I want to give it to the Father and I want to experience maybe a love that you've never even experienced from your natural Father that agape love that holds no records of wrongs that agape love that always encourages builds up not tears down Holy Spirit, I ask you to minister right now. 
If that's you right now and you, you know that you're feeling the Lord speaking to me right now, Pastor Michael, if that's you, will you just raise your hand very quickly? Thank you. Thank you. For those that have raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to just come on down. I'm not going to count to three. Just come on down. I want to pray with you this morning. Come on, if you would just encourage them as you give a hand clap unto the Lord. The Bible says that all the angels of heaven rejoice when one turns their heart to the Father. If I could ask the prayer team to come in behind them as they come, I would greatly appreciate it. Hallelujah. Herb, Veronica, can I get you guys to come and stand behind Joshua, please? Ah, come on. Come on, Jesus. You're not spectating right now. If you're moving to stand behind them and pray, great. If not, your eyes are closed. You're praying. No distractions in this moment. Why is this so important? Because this changes lives, saves lives. People are shifted back to this path that the Lord has in these moments. For those of you that came, just listen. You don't have to look, just listen. I'm proud of you. But more importantly, the Lord's proud of you. He desires you. He desires every piece of you. He desires every part of you. He desires your life. He longs for you to encounter Him in a way that you've never experienced Him. We hope you encountered the presence of God through today's message. We encourage you to subscribe and share this podcast with friends and family. To experience more from Word of Life, you can follow and connect with us through social media at Word of Life NM or visit our website at wordoflifechristian.org.